Texas Tech just crushed Iowa State at home, and the Red Raiders have reminded the nation that they are going nowhere from the top of the Big 12. We'll cover what the win meant for the Red Raiders coming up on today's Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Ryan Mainville. I cover Texas Tech for the Dallas Morning News. I'm joined by Emery Lida, a longtime Texas Tech analyst and writer. We are here. It is Tuesday night. Texas Tech just wrapped up a very convincing win over Iowa State. Red Raiders won 72 to 60, which is a little bit misleading because Iowa State got a couple of uh, easy baskets as time was expiring. But nonetheless, a very quality win for the Red Raiders. And man, after a first half that was hard to watch at times, they just pulled it together in that second half. Kevin O'Banner was a huge, huge part of the Red Raiders finding some consistency, but all around really really good game from texas tech and an absolute defensive clinic tonight yeah for tech this is another one one that you're going to look back on in a positive light another pretty comfortable win against a team that's in the top 25 iowa state's been a good team throughout conference play obviously they they're coming off a win over texas and before that they played kansas right to the wire and i mean this game the first half wasn't particularly great from a flow standpoint and I think the offense really struggled but in the second half you just really started to figure things out got a lot of looks in the paint a lot of free throw opportunities and I mean for Tech this is something else to build off of I mean probably wasn't quite as clean of a victory as what we saw against Baylor or Kansas but still it was nice to have this one wrapped up with a good five to six minutes left in the game and certainly the score was misleading as it was arguably a 20 to 23 point lead before they start filtering in bench guys. And then Iowa state obviously cut that down even more at the end, right on the last possession, but certainly for tech, this is another game that really just shows what, what this team's capable of because in the half court defense, they essentially played 35 minutes of the game, allowing only about 42, 44 points. And to do that against a team that has as much talent on the board as Iowa state does is incredible. And especially considering the fact that last game was a little scoring as well to basically go two straight games against the big 12 team with them struggling to put up more than 50 points is incredible. Yeah. I wouldn't put this in the same kind of tier as a win over Baylor or Kansas, of course, but this Iowa state team, I mean, they're, they're decent. They're, they've got a good resume. They picked up some big wins over the course of the season. They have good talent. This is a good team and this is a good win for Texas tech that, will certainly look good in March and will certainly help them out now as they just kind of continue to plow through a tough Big 12 schedule. But as you mentioned, man, they did a lot of things really, really well tonight as they needed to to come away with the victory. Something that was really surprising to me, um, Texas Tech kind of looked like the the same old team that we have seen in this season uh, from the free throw line in the first half, just went four of nine from the free throw line in the first half. And you're just thinking, Oh man, 
This game is going to be a drag. I think it was 23 to 26 at the half. You're thinking this game's going to be a drag. Texas Tech is not going to be able to make free throws, and they're going to lose this game by a margin that they left at the free throw line. And then Texas Tech comes out in the second half and goes 25 of 29 from the free throw line. Just an absolute monster performance from the free throw line, not only to get there so often, but to make them. Um, the the change in aggression and, and getting the ball to the rim in the second half is is really what allowed Texas Tech to win this game. And then Kevin O'Banner being aggressive underneath and forcing guys to foul him whenever he was just grabbing every single missed shot. Yeah, I mentioned in the first half in a text to you that I was really surprised or I was kind of disappointed in the lack of half-court rhythm that Tech was able to get into. It just seemed like every possession was up and down. Like there wasn't, it was basically like watching rec ball. I treated that as well. Uh, But really, I think being able to get settled into the half-court and just attack the rim every possession opened up this game for Tech because not only were they able to finish at the rim, they utilized the size to get offensive rebounds. And then obviously they got to the foul line and were able to convert at the line at a rate that we haven't seen the entire season. So for them, I really just think it came down to settling into the game. This was a game in which they were able to get to the rim effectively. McCuller did a good job of that. Donald Arms did a good job of that. Davion Warren in the second half was really good at being able to get create pressure at the rim and then obviously you had O'Banner and Williams both being good on the offensive glass Santos Silva had a couple nice finishes and like everyone chipped into being able to just finish off in the paint and that's what allowed you to overcome a really slow shooting game and kind of a lack of offensive flow was just purely packing the paint and I don't think Iowa State had the personnel to be able to match that and eventually they ran out of bigs everyone got into foul trouble and that really spelled the end for them yeah I don't think this was as post-centric as we've seen from Texas Tech in in a couple of other weeks, but they certainly put the ball in the basket inside the paint very well tonight, scored 30 points in the paint, Um, and they needed to because they were really, really struggling from deep, just went 3 of 16 from behind the arc. This is the first game that Texas Tech has won where they made three or fewer three-point field goals since the Abilene Christian game, so the Red Raiders, to, to win by this much and in, in this convincing fashion from with that kind of performance from behind the arc, it just tells you about the brand and quality of defense that this team is playing right now. Talk about a game that I never want to look back to is that Abilene Christian game. That was less fun of a watch than this first half was. Some of these are, are ugly, man, but you've, you've just got to embrace it. Mark Adams. I mean, all credit to him the the product of basketball that he's putting on the floor may not be for the faint of heart but it is certainly getting the red raiders to the top of the big 12 and i'm sure fans will be more than happy with that gotta love the rock fights 40 rock fights man they will never end they will never end i don't even want to know what's going to happen whenever west virginia comes to town this weekend but hey we're going to keep talking about the red raiders victory highlight some individuals that played really good games coming up on our next segment. But first, a word from our sponsors. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good you're going to want to eat it. They're not like other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or just taste like chemicals. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you're probably thinking this just isn't worth it. Whereas the chocolate, well, guess what? 
Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And there are so many flavors to choose from. There's coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. You're never going to get bored. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked on Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are breaking down Texas Tech's 72-60 to victory over Iowa State on Tuesday night. A convincing defensive performance by the Red Raiders. Um, but man, there, there are a lot of guys in this game that really, really stood out to me. I think we, we've got to start with Kevin O'Banner, who finished the game with 15 points, 8 rebounds. Five of those were offensive um, he was just lights out, man, and he was he was struggling from deep. His shot continues to kind of uh, go cold in, in Big 12 play and hope that returns to form soon. He struggled a bit from the free throw line tonight, but whenever there was a missed shot in that second half, it belonged to him, and he was just absolutely dominant underneath the rim, and I think that we saw, hey, maybe he can play a little bit of a different role for Texas Tech going forward and operate more out of the post. Yeah, he finished the night six of six inside the arc from two-point range. And that's something I don't think I expected that coming into the season was a banner to be more of a two-point guy. But certainly in this game, it was his inside presence. I think he had five or six offensive rebounds. I don't have the exact stats in front of me. But the last I checked, he had eight total and I believe six offensive. And in this game, I mean... O'Banner's ability to just fight on the glass, not only did it help him out and get him more easy opportunities, given that the shot wasn't going down, but it also put Iowa State's bigs in a tough situation, especially with George Conda, it put him in foul trouble. And I mentioned earlier, I thought that was kind of the turning point in this game, but for O'Banner to be able to beat out a guy like that on the glass and consistently do it, really, it's just something that I don't think a lot of Tech fans expected coming into the season. And certainly, you would hope that the shot comes around because I still think that's ultimately his biggest value and the biggest asset he can bring to this team is his shooting. But as long as he's able to hit hit the glass and provide so much on the inside, I mean, nights like tonight, you just love to see it because even with the shot not falling, he was still probably Tech's best player at a minimum, one of the guys that was most critical to this victory. Yeah, and I think he was he was a really good rebounder at Oral Roberts, but I think that kind of got swept under the rug just because he was such a dominant offensive player. I mean, he was near 50, 40, 90 on, on 2010 a night. Like, that's that's an insane basketball player. But he was a very, very good rebounder. That was kind of something that was a key part of that Oral Roberts run was him being able to grab boards. And so I think we saw a little bit of that show tonight, which was big. Another guy that really showed up in my opinion, was Bryson Williams. He continues to just be a guy that will get his offense wherever he can. Tonight, he was struggling a bit from the floor. Um, and, and so, you know, he he forced the issue. He got the ball inside and he forced himself to the free throw line where he went seven of eight. I thought that was really impressive. That top of the key jumper continues to be one of the most reliable sources of offense for Texas Tech and really maybe one of their best three-point shooters of this of the season so far which just feels crazy to say but with how texas tech has struggled that top of the key jumper has been big but he's been really really good lately in my opinion tried to do like this straight line drive at one point tonight that just did not work brought the ball up the up the court at one point which was just 
really confusing, but uh, Bryson Williams, man, he, he he's getting it done. And I feel like he's learning a lot and putting a lot of what he's seen on his tape into action. And he's, he's getting better game by game. Yeah. I think for Williams, I think they found something with just having him set screens at the top of the key because he's operated well in the short roll. We saw it a little bit more tonight. He's able to knock down the top of the key three very consistently. That seems to be his most comfortable shot on the perimeter. And it's one of the most efficient shots for tech across the entire season. I mean, the only other thing that you could really compare to it would be like an O'Banner corner three, but just the comfort level that Williams has on that, on that top of the key jumper is really impressive. I think tonight though, what he did the best was just simply playing, recognizing that he could be really aggressive and attacking the rim and I mean, obviously the straight line drive stuff didn't necessarily work, but he did a good job of kind of playing within himself. And um, when he got those short roll opportunities, he had a couple of nice passes in there. He had one to the baseline on, to, that hit him a color jumper early on in the first half. And then throughout the second half, it was just being tenacious and continuing to attack the paint. And wasn't really through the pure post-ups that we've seen throughout the season, but more along the lines of just facing up and being able to get to the rim. And that's something that Williams really brings to the table and something that we've seen lately, uh, just his versatility and on the offensive side of things. And I'd also say this was another good game from him defensively because he was tasked with a little bit more interior responsibility being a five. Obviously, Tech went small for like a one-possession stint, but as a general rule, Iowa State kept both of their bigs inside of the paint quite a bit offensively and didn't really do a whole lot of perimeter motion for them so this was very much a straight paint matchup for him a lot of the time and I felt like he did a good job of that and since they weren't attacking him on switches as much you really got to see his interior defense I felt like in this one he held up really well well I wanted to give this guy my player of the game because well for one pride because I predicted him to be player of the game on uh, Tuesday's pod and then kind of the reasoning that I gave for that was that even if he wasn't scoring a lot, that he was going to be doing a lot for this team and that was going to help propel them to victory. And that's kind of exactly what happened. But I've got to get my player to the game to Kevin O'Banner. He just completely changed the tempo of the game. But man, Kevin McCuller was really, really good in this game. He had seven points, six rebounds, three assists, three steals. He played great on-ball defense, even when it didn't result in a steal. He's just had really good energy since coming back. He's giving this team really, really solid minutes, night in and night out, especially considering that ankle is not fully healthy. He led the team in minutes tonight with 30. He's just, he's all over the place, man. Did not have a great night from the field. was only two of nine. But again, even when he's not finding a way to put the ball in the basket, He's finding a way to contribute to his team in big, big ways. And tonight, even when it didn't show up in the box score, whether that be, you know, he he made a pass that didn't end in an assist. He got to the rim, but it was a foul. He he just did things for this team tonight that were so, so valuable. And I think that he was really the propelling force that got this team on the way to a big blowout victory. I think that Kevin O'Banner stride at the beginning of the second half really started the run, but Kevin McCuller in that first half was phenomenal. And he had three steals in the first like seven minutes of the game. I remember looking at the box score, like at the under 12 timeout and just being shocked that he already had that many, but certainly McCuller had a really good all around game. And I think it's his passing for me that's really come along the last few games I've noticed as he's taken a clear step up and 
not only the accuracy of his passes, but kind of the degree of difficulty that he's willing to do. I mean, he's had a couple of really nice plays in transition the last few games. I mean, obviously there's a one against Baylor, the near half court pass to O'Banner, and he also had one against Oklahoma State, I believe, as well. But in the half court, he's making really good reads and it opens up the offense a lot if he's able to make skip passes and cross court passes and passes that are of high difficulty. And I think that early on in the season, he was either reckless with it or wasn't comfortable making those passes. And now we're seeing more of it. And then, I mean, even if the shot isn't falling, he just feels in command of the offense and you know what he's, what he's going to give you defensively. So I'm not sure if I'd give him player of the game. I think you have to go with a banner on that one just because of his rebounding impact and the fact that he was so efficient on the inside. But certainly another nice game for McCuller. And I think his all-around impact can't be understated. He made a, a cross-court pass driving baseline that I think was almost a hockey assist. But that was just... That was nuts, man. And that just really, really showed the development that he's had with his court vision and passing ability. I mean, at the beginning of the season, Malik Wilson was really the only guy who could do stuff like that for Texas Tech. And, and now we're seeing a lot more of that come out in Kevin McCullough's game as well. Even when he's not really the, the lead initiator or playing a true point guard position, he's really making this offense go. And I think that he has just been a pivotal part of this team's offense so far. Yeah, McCuller's passing early in the season. I thought Miley Wilson was clearly better. And I even thought you had an argument that Davion Warren or TJ Shannon had just as much passing prowess. But we've seen McCuller really develop as, as a passer. And I think that's the key for him as a ball handler as well. As, as he's becoming more comfortable as a passer, you can kind of you can justify running him more as a ball handler and giving him more of those primary ball handler opportunities. And obviously I'm not sure if the scoring is going to be quite as efficient as he still seems to be coming back a little bit from the ankle. Um, it looks a lot better now than it did this time last week, for example, but I still think that there's maybe a little bit you could see there from a burst improvement, but certainly his ability to find open guys and his court vision is what's really taken off. And that's allowed him to be so good in transition and in this game, I think it was critical. And I also think Adonis Arms and Davion Warren both had really nice games. Arms in the standpoint of just being able to attack him in the half court. We saw a really nice dunk from him off of an offensive rebound slash thrown back into the play. But but beyond that, his ability to drive to the rim, I think, has taken a step up from the beginning of the season. And we saw more of the rim pressure from Warren even that we'd kind of sort of forgotten about a little bit in recent times just because he hadn't been as aggressive offensively. But this was a nice showcase of what I think Davion Warren can do as a whole and what he can provide, not only as a defensive player, but also as someone that can get to the rim and create create for himself effectively. I completely forgot about that arms dunk, man. It feels like it was like eight hours ago. That was a uh, a long, long game. Shout out to uh, Doug Sermons for uh, doing what he does. But Coming up, we will wrap up this episode by addressing some of your questions. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Do you have poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. NetSuite can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 
93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for a special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. All right, y'all. 12-point victory by Texas Tech at the USA. They've got a couple of days off for what feels like the first time in a few years and won't play again until Saturday against West Virginia. Before the game was over, I asked a question on Twitter. You can follow me at LBK if you don't already. And just asked you, the listeners, to give us some questions so we could address them on the pod. This is something that I plan on doing more in the future, so be sure to be on the lookout for those. But let's go ahead and start it out with a Shelby. Shelby asks, what's the success rate of plays out of timeout this year for Tech? Sure seems like Adams and Peary have been drawing up some gems this season. Um, well, I don't know of any... Um, any analytics website that tracks ATO success rate besides shot quality, which Emery wants to talk about in a second, but um, I'll shoot him a text. He is a friend of the pod and see what he's got, but I agree with you. It has looked a lot better. It's certainly a point of emphasis for the staff, which I think is a really, really big deal. And I think it's really rooted in what Mark Adams believes about defense. He knows that teams want to go out and fight every single possession. He knows that Iowa State wants to make you play as slow as possible. And so any chance to keep teams like that off balance, he's going to do it. I thought it was brilliant in this game and then in the Kansas game as well was where it was just really, really, really apparent to me, not only on offense, but on defense as well. Yeah, so first off, I want to give a shout out to the shot quality guys and Simon. They do an excellent job. And I mean, we've, we've seen their graphics all over Twitter and obviously some fans think that it's like completely made up, but they do an excellent job kind of tracking that sort of stuff. And they do have ATO data. We do not have access to anything outside the top 10 or bottom 10, which tech did not make either. So just, there's no way to really tell off of that, but I will say that we'll try to figure that out for you. Um, Beyond that though, I mean, I would say just off of the eyeballs, the Texas tech's, ATO success looks really good this season, especially compared to years past. And I would agree with the assessment that Adams and Peary have done a nice job of drawing things up. I think offensively, you see a lot more set plays being run right out, right out of ATOs. It looks very crisp. We've seen a lot of post up to backdoor action. We saw that, I believe, in the Kansas game potentially, where Bryson Williams had a nice pass to like Adonis Arms off of a cut. And we've seen it as well as like Clarence had only getting good looks off a of cut. So that's something that we didn't really see a ton of under Chris Beard. And certainly it's an improvement this year. But like Ryan mentioned, I think that the all the defensive ATO approach has been absolutely incredible. I mean, zoning up against Kansas really took them out of their comfort zone, out of timeouts. And that's something that over the years, Kansas has been notorious for. They won last year in Lubbock off of an ATO play where they had a open cut that was open and then this year they were very unsuccessful against the zone that tech ran and i think that that's the defensive side of things has been where we've seen the impact because i can't really recall that many ato plays where tech gave up open looks and it's just been 
it's a constant under Mark Adams. I think that the zone has helped. I think the pressure that they run out of pretty much any media timeout as well as another factor in that. And it's just a really good sign of preparation and something that tech has done really well with this year. Did you, uh, did you see Simon's graphic that he posted before the game tonight? Wait, which one? So at 402 central, he posted a, a model for the, uh, score prediction and it was, a. Uh, 58 to 71 a texas tech victory which is crazy oh. man he he hit the nail right on the head was that their main account or their bets account their bets account yeah yeah okay i think i remember the bets one but yeah certainly to their models like tech this season i think they like him in general i think the offensive rebounding is something that i've noticed that shot quality puts a lot of emphasis on and so tech this season having one of the highest offensive rebounds is naturally going to do it they're actually a little bit lower on defense than normal metrics like Kim Palm and Bartovic is but certainly I mean this shows they're right there with Tech being one of the best teams in the nation and I think that I highly recommend that you guys anyone that's listening to this comes and check checks them out just because of the ability that they have to really show kind of what goes on behind the scenes in a basketball game and what can what can be determined just beyond looking at basic shooting stats and offensive looks all right, let's go quick here. CDIS99 asks, what's the deal with Malik's PT falling off so sharply? He played fantastic at the beginning of the year, and I feel like he earned more PT than he is getting. Um, I agree with you, man. Didn't play too much in this one. Played about five minutes, but I think it's just related to the injury. Um, that knee is probably not feeling great. He came back really, really quick. All credit to him, but I'm sure it's not feeling good. I believe in the... Um, the Kansas game it was, was uh, he was getting treatment like on, on the sidelines. I was watching Mike Neal put like a, a cream or something on his knee and then wrap it in ice before he checked back in. So he's clearly going through it a little bit, but I think, I think it's all related to the injury right now. Yeah. I second what you have to say on that. I think that my league, when he's fully healthy, will play a good part in this team and get some good minutes, but certainly Right now, he's still coming back from an injury that takes usually more than the amount of time that he was out for to come back from. I mean, the micro knee surgery usually is something that will take a good month to recover from. And he was essentially, he came back with it within a month of probably about a week, week and a half before you would have expected them to. And having him in the Kansas game, having him these last few games has been important, but he's just probably not where he needs to be yet from a physical standpoint, but I think eventually he'll get there. And I mean, everyone that says that he's played really well is completely right because early on in the season, I mean, he was, like we mentioned earlier in the pod, probably one of your best playmakers and certainly the best passer. And so he's going to play a big part. I just think you have to be patient with him and wait for him to get back healthy because eventually he will. And eventually you're going to see kind of him working back into the rotation because he's got too much defensive talent, too much playmaking talent to not factor into this team. Bob Leslie asks, now I know what it's like to be a WV fan. We outscored them 29 to 9 on the free throw line. Yeah, crazy game from Texas Tech on the free throw line. Uh, 38 is the most free throws they've shot in a Big 12 game since February of 2017. Yeah, praise Doug Sermons on that one. That's all I got to say. No one else, no one else to credit except for maybe a, a little bit of Texas Tech's aggressiveness. But yeah. yeah. This team needs to keep making them and keep getting there. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Their aggressiveness really helped out, you know. But number one fan of Doug Sermons right here. Favorite person in the world. 
Man, never would have guessed that, that we would be uh, saying that after a Texas Tech game, but here we are. All right, we'll close with uh, our buddy Hunter, also known as at Tech Hoops Guy, asked, why are we so good? Man, I- I've got two words, Mark Adams. It's Austin Temperman, man. He's changed the culture. What can I say? I didn't I didn't even know he played in this game until I uh I checked the box score and he had one minute. I, I don't even I don't remember that at all. He was on the other side of half court when Iowa State ran their last possession. So I was a little bit confused on that. But I mean, hey, you gotta get a legend minutes when you when you have the opportunity to. I mean he was a minus four tonight, man. His his defensive rating is gonna be in the absolute gutter. I was gonna say I do not want I do not look forward to seeing what the lineup rating for that last lineup was because <laughs> they they played for two possessions together, right? And Iowa State scored on both possessions and Tech didn't score anything and it was less than a minute. So I'm gonna assume that um, they're probably gonna have a rating net rating of about negative eight hundred. Austin Timberman, man, he'll he'll bring it back up. I, I believe in him. I trust the process. All right, Texas Tech, 70 to 62 victory, or 72 to 60 victory. Sorry, y'all, I'm tired. Win over Iowa State. Red Raiders back at the top of the Big 12, showing that they belong there and that they um, just continue to build a really solid resume. We will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, you can keep up with us on social. You can follow me at our Mainville LBK. As I mentioned, be sure to look out for those post-game questions. You can follow Emory at eraser41, and you can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter at Locked On TTU. Be sure to follow and subscribe to our feeds wherever you listen and leave us a review if possible. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now be sure to make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.